0: Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Seth.
0: And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers.
1: That's, we are. Um, that's th- right. <laughs> I, I guess I guess you do have to say that's right after something. I don't. I, don't, I, I
0: tend to say that's right. Yeah. I know I mean, you, you, say, you right. say
1: that right. And I do say it's right. Welcome to uh, an, our podcast. Uh, 10th or 11th episode who knows
0: yeah we'll find out what happens we had some audio problems with uh an earlier recording so we're gonna go from there
1: (laughs) yeah this may be your 10th episode maybe your eleventh episode who knows uh we try to deliver a good quality so if the if the audio quality of the last episode that we just did is not good enough for release then this is what you'll get which is that's right but we'll (laughs) Well, go back and touch the product anyway well anyway welcome um Uh, So if you're new to the show, uh, I I hope that you will listen to some other episodes too. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're uh, two brothers and we're making a podcast and we we structure our podcast so that the first part we talk about what we've recently been playing. The second part is our middle segment. It's our longer form segment that we'll go on about the topic of the week. Then we will bring it all in at the end with a byway pass where we'll look at episodes, or episodes, look at games coming up in the future and decide whether or not we would recommend buying, waiting, or passing based really yeah. just on the description and screenshots. Sometimes the games are new, released. some Most times they're not released yet. Um, so that's that. So, uh, Zach, um, what have you been uh, recently been playing? So I've been recently
0: uh, playing through uh, Sonic Mania again. I- I've beat it um, again. Now uh, <laughs> again, I've beat it a couple times now. Um, so I'm- I've just been actually going through the the Sonic Mania Plus mode, which is um, it was a DLC that was added to the game that um, revamps some of the levels, adds um, um, some new characters. You can play as Mighty the Armadillo or Ray the Ooh. Squirrel um who are who are characters from um actually an old arcade Sonic games. So what nice about uh
1: Throwback Knuckles the Echidna.
0: You can play as Knuckles the the Echidna. Echidna. Um and, and Tails as well, Tails the fox and of course Sonic the Hedgehog. Um and plus plus takes all the levels that were in Sonic Mania and does a kind of revamp of them, it changes oh. up the uh the, the level structure um to kind of create a more of a difficult um version of the game
1: can you still play the original so
0: there's uh it it adds a new menu item that just says there's like called mania mode and then there's plus mode
1: oh okay yeah so i should probably check that out again i don't think i've actually um be in it completely but it's
0: um it's i mean it's a fairly tough game um i mean they definitely try to make it as close to the original sonic games as as they could
1: not for you though you're a professional sonic player That's right. That's
0: right. Uh, Yeah. No, I I was listening to people being like, "This game's hard," and I was like, "Ah, come on."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, So, what about you? What about uh, you? What have you uh, been playing? I've uh, recently been playing uh, Shadow Tactics: Blades of the Shogun. Uh, Oh, cool. And it is a a tactical, uh, tactical strategy game Uh where. You have, it's, uh, we actually talked about a game that's done by this company, it's done by the Mimimi company, and we talked about it early on. Um, they're the ones that are working on Desperados III, or Desperados III. Um, they, it's a, it's a game that, where you play as um, various characters in, set in feudal Japan. So there's a, like a ninja type character, a samurai type character. Uh, there's also like a sharpshooter type character, and there's like this uh, a couple. There's this little like girl that sets traps and stuff type character. Mm. And you use these people's abilities to um, go around a map and stealthily take out enemies and be able to accomplish the objectives. So you may, uh, certain characters can get on top of rooftops and certain characters are good at fighting multiple enemies. So they, uh, tend to, you need to use the right person to be able to get the job done. And you try to do it without getting discovered because once the alarm goes off, uh, then like people descend upon you and you're easily killed. So oh, that's, okay. uh, shadow tactics, hence the shadow tactics part of the game. And then Blades is the Shogun. Uh, Very fun. uh, Kind of a thinky, strategy, tactical type game. You have to kind of always use the right person. Sometimes you're just by the grace of luck that you can get something done. And uh, there's nine maps. And the maps can take hours to beat. Because you're just trying to figure out how to beat it. So it's not like one map is like easy and you can just blast through it. I've can been I've been on maps for at least an hour to buy the map itself, just trying to accomplish maybe one or two of the objectives, and you have to play through until you get through all the objectives, and you can't play the other maps until you progress the story along. Yeah. Oh. So.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's a fun, fun game. I really enjoy it. It's like it's it scratches a specific itch. For me
0: yeah yeah i mean and the shadow toxics game has that's has that been a, that's been a long going series hasn't it
1: no uh, no it's a new game oh, by Mimi. Okay. yep and they're they're the and then they got the desperados property so they're working on desperados now so that's very new for them
0: um so i believe i'm probably th- i think i think i have a different game series and that's
1: why um, yes they're all very similar to also uh jagged alliance and those type oh, of games of okay. yep. lions desperados Uh, shadow tactics and those those type of tactical type of games
0: yeah and um i mean shadow tactics isn't really a way to segue no but sonic is (laughs) but sonic is um so the main chunk of our podcast today or the meat of the podcast if you will is actually going to be um thanks to an email that dylan a longtime listener and friend of the podcast sent in Um, which was the idea that he was interested in us talking more about some of the uh different characters mascots and stuff uh we we talked about it in our nintendo episode a bit about mario's uh kind of a little overview of mario's history just in terms of the reasoning for his design right um and uh he wanted to hear a bit more stuff like that so that's what we're gonna do today
1: Yeah, I think, um, so just for if you're a new listener coming into this episode and not listening to the episode where we talked about uh, Mario, or also known as Jumpman, um, uh, Mario, who is an iconic Nintendo figure, uh, originated from the arcade game Donkey Kong, and Uh was, uh, um, he went by the name of Jumpman, and was really similar to like, I I reference it kind of like Felix... Fix it, Felix from Wreck It Ralph, and Wreck It Ralph was Donkey Kong, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of very similar to what that movie is going for. Um, so that's Mario. Um, but so, some what iconic character have you thought about that you think has a weird kind of uh, background that you learned about?
0: I mean, well, the obvious one considering the game I just talked about would be sonic the hedgehog <laughs> oh, yes, um, yeah. mostly in the sense that uh sonic's design uh the process in which sonic was designed was um kind of a, a long period of time sega was looking for a mascot that they that they thought would compete well against mario right um mostly because their alex Kidd mascot was not doing so hot um so they they wanted something fresh they wanted something new um they they wanted to kind of be the answer to what they considered mario's slow paced gameplay so they wanted a fast character um and while he went through a bunch of early designs including one design that um was heavily inspired by uh president theodore roosevelt which became dr robotnik (laughs) right the eventual design they settled upon was a a blue uh hedgehog Um, blue because sega's logo was blue it was cobalt blue um he has red shoes which were designed by uh or heavily uh heavily inspired by michael jackson's boots that he would wear um the red shoe color was (laughs) apparently inspired by santa claus and the
1: the cover of michael jackson's album bad the
0: cover of yeah michael jackson's 1987 album bad and his personality was based on then president bill clinton (laughs) that's right attitude um and you know when I think when I think of Sonic the Hedgehog, I definitely think uh, former President Bill
1: Clinton wearing Michael Jackson shoes,
0: wearing Michael Jackson's shoes and being just completely covered in blue paint.
1: You could also in the NBA Jam version there was a, a secret code that you could play as Bill Clinton.
0: That's right. Yeah. So you could Sega
1: Sega just really liked Bill Clinton. You could yeah, play as you know Bill what? Clinton and Alcor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Sega just was a Sega was just a big Bill Clinton fan. <laughs> just,
1: uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they, they incorporated it right in the game. You can play as Bill Clinton, and, which if you didn't know NBA Jam basketball game, there was a secret code that you could put in to name your character, and you could play as Bill Clinton or Al Gore, that's or right. some yeah, other characters in the NBA Jam '95. I want to say,
0: um, but yeah, that's obviously that's one of my that's one of my favorite little uh, funny little tidbits of character design uh history another one is uh of course um pac-man's um for those who don't know there's a lot of stories about how pac-man was designed and one of the more popular stories um though we're not i don't think there's like 100 percent confirmation um uh, reportedly um the creator um toro iwatani said that he uh based pac-man's design off of pizza because uh, <laughs> he thought it would just be appealing for right. you know everyone uh, <laughs> he apparently um saw the shape that the pizza makes when you have a slice removed and uh r- reportedly he was thinking about the word eat he took a slice of pizza and he saw the rest of the pizza and he was like that's it that's pac-man um and a, f- a fun fact that a lot of people know is that pac-man's name actually comes from the the sound it, it's like an onomatopoeia sound in japanese for opening and closing your mouth and it's paku paku um and in japan he's called paku man because you know paku 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 that's the sound of him collecting the dots right and in in america they're like oh let's call him Puckman. that'd be a fun name and then namco is like wait a second if, if someone scratches that p right in the the center there that's not that's not appropriate. So <laughs> they change it to Pac-Man, <laughs> just out of fear that someone would vandalize the P, and turn it into an
1: F. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: another little another little fun fun story. It's just a,
1: yes, well. I mean, what's wrong with Puckman? I think Puckman's a great name, but do not change that P to an F. Do not change that P to an F
0: because that would change the whole nature of Man's character. That d-
1: would change. Uh, we we try we strive for that uh, would change. Uh, yeah, <laughs> our rating. We we, we we strive for a politically correct word language in regards to. Uh, we don't try to swear. Essentially, is what I'm saying is we don't like. To, yes, we don't like to swear because we like to be family friendly. That's the word. As family friendly as we, we can be. Family friendly as we can we as we can be. Um, I think a, a fun thing is uh, jumping, staying in the Nintendo vein, and going over to uh, Kirby. Um, I think uh, it was that Mashiro um, Sakura? Sakurai. 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 Mashiro Sakurai. Zach's here for pronunciations. Um, Masahiro. Yes. Yeah. You. So you could pronounce Japanese men's names, but you can't pronounce. <laughs> acclimation. Words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so climb uh, machine. yeah, Masahiro Sakurai is uh, the creator of Kirby.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's 1990s and yes. the design was originally going so Kirby was only going to be used to be a placeholder for the sprites in the game. So they're like, yeah, we'll just make this pink blob a, a sprite like a whole placeholder and eventually they were like "Man, we like this pink little blob <laughs> and, and that's that's where kirby came from and that's why he's a pink blob because he was really originally designed just to be like okay we know that we're gonna have a character here uh we'll put him here as a whatever this thing is while we work on the rest of the game and then they got back and they're like yeah let's just keep it
0: well a fun fact was that his color was also apparently a source of um argument in in Japan. So, um Shigeru Miyamoto wanted the character to be yellow and um Masahiro Sakurai wanted the character to be pink and um apparently they got into kind of a dispute about this. And at the time, for context, the first Kirby game came out on the original Game Boy, which has no color. It but. is a grayscale game. Um so the the North American promotional material needed to have a game character on the cover and they knew that these people were arguing about about this color so what they did was they just made kirby white originally (laughs) so if you look at the american box art kirby is white because they hadn't decided yet because people were arguing about it um reportedly miyamoto wanted yellow because he felt it was a more neutral color um sakurai wanted pink because he just wanted the character to be pink so (laughs) that is uh reportedly the the reasoning um behind his at least at least his appearance on the cover another fun fact about kirby is that um sakurai was kind of a young developer when he got involved in making kirby um and when he was programming the game on the game boy he used a special modified nintendo to like he had to program a a special program to create a keyboard on his nintendo system so that he can type in code so that he could program kirby and when he like told other people at Nintendo that he did this, they were like, "Why don't you just get a keyboard? Because we have plenty of those." <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I didn't think to ask." So <laughs> there you go. Always ask. Yeah, always. Yeah. Ask. He was like, I think he was like in his, uh, I think he was in his like, uh, he was nineteen when he developed um, Kirby Dream Land, which was the first Kirby game. Young guy.
1: So sticking with um, iconic Nintendo characters, we have um, Mega Man. Mega Man yep, is the blue most, bomber. The blue bomber, and he actually—they really didn't want him to be blue, and they. But the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, which they were developing Mega Man for, um, had a limited color palette. We've encountered this before, and we'll go into that um, as well with the Fallout game. And uh-huh. so there were only 54 options to choose from, and there were more. Blue shades than any other color so they had a lot of blue in this color palette so if Mega Man became blue you would have more shades so you can do shadowing on that sprite so then you would have more of a detailed Mega Man so you could have like a dark blue helmet in a, you know you can have some shadow and you can use more of those blue shades to make a more detailed product and that's where uh, the, that's why Mega Man is blue um, because he had to be yes situation. yeah report
0: um, reportedly um the creator or one of the main designers of Mega Man, um keiji inafune was not a big fan of the color choice which,
1: yes he uh he, he thought it was gross <laughs> his <that's>, words <laughs> yes um which you go also we talked about in another episode about fallout and how um, the fallout uh we're the des- the designer was told that, hey, we have a limited color palette. Uh, you need to pull colors out. And uh, Leonard um, Borowski, I think. I'm uh-huh. butchering his last name. But Leonard is his first name. Decided that, well, we'll just make the outfits blue and yellow. And there wouldn't be blue and yellow in the Fallout games if they didn't make the outfits blue and yellow. And now Fallout outfits are blue and yellow it's kind of like you can i have fallout blue and yellow stuff in my room like i have a bag that's blue and yellow because it's a fallout bag
0: yeah i mean it it, it's interesting i mean there is um kind of game limitations in gaming um has been a staple to gaming since since the dawn of it um basically because we haven't had the technology that we have to make video games for that long of a time in reality. Right. Um so they they have been constantly evolving. So you you'll find that a lot of video game characters um at least from the 80s and the early 90s where a lot of them were designed the way they were to accommodate some issue that they they were encountering. Uh like such for example Mario or Mega Man, you know. Um or Samus Aran, um the the lead of Metroid um had some design elements that were chosen because of limitations of the of the hardware
1: um, well well yes i think it's it's interesting that they uh the creators as everyone knows um you say how do you say her, her name i always samus uh, Ara- samus, Ara- samus, Ara- samus yeah i've always pronounced it I, I always think i want to say samus samish samus. Or samus. i want to put an h in there for some reason um samus um who is the metroid uh, protagonist uh, in the 1986 game they wanted to give the creators wanted to make a twist on on games at that time and they wanted to reveal that the character that they were controlling was in fact a woman and they did, did this design change midway and they did it mostly because they A. really liked Alien, Alien was very popular and um, uh, Scorny Weaver as uh, Ridley was um, the star and so that was very popular. They wanted to kind of... They loved it, so they wanted to tie back into that and have a strong female protagonist. Uh, the, the I thought the reveal would be a, a reward. And at the end, when you reveal uh, Samus, she is in a bikini, uh, which is the result of the technical imitation.
0: Yeah, so um, they... <laughs> they found the, that was the the best way to to design the character with the right. limitations they had.
1: so it, the the sprite couldn't be too detailed so the a beachwear attire was the quickest easiest way to show that she was a woman yeah she's she and, is in a bikini
0: and uh that is a uh, that is um something that we're you're when looking at video games when looking at kind of the history of games and why games have certain certain things about them um that's the uh, limitations is always something that plays into it um so for example little mac who was in mike tyson's punch out for the nes another yes. nes staple um was um the his size in the game is like substantially smaller than any other character in the game and that was really because of because of limitations to the hardware at the time um and it became one of his kind of like uh staples to his character that people remember is that he was a small guy who could knock out mike tyson right um but um and there's be...
1: the meme with the, the with like a baby next to mike tyson right? yes it's, yeah 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 with like a green like a baby in a green outfit and the holding their hands up that's where that if you're if you ever see that meme of like the baby in the green outfit holding their gloves up next to mike tyson that's not only uh, uh a meme with it going back to uh, the knockout game but it's also specifically talking about that character
0: and and not necessarily a character but things like like the, the 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 fog in silent hill or or um the uh scene transitions and camera angles in like final fantasy those were all based on technical limitations and those became staples of right. of what they were
1: uh sometimes limitations would be something to do with a licensor or a prop publisher or somebody who having a certain um brand uh design needing to have you to be tailored into a a brand template uh make cause changes uh so specifically in the kingdom hearts games uh the character sora uses a giant keyblade and it's a it's the weapon that needs to be used throughout the entire adventures in the Kingdom Hearts games. And it wasn't intended to be a key originally. It, uh, the creator, Tetsuya Nomura... Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, wanted yeah, that sounds right. They, they, Tetsuya wanted the character to actually have like a chainsaw or sword. But uh, the franchise was working with Disney. And uh, Disney... Wanted, they wanted to use Disney's fav, most famous characters, cartoons, such as Mickey and Donald. And Mickey and Donald can't be near a giant chainsaw. Like, that's just <laughs> not something you can have.
0: Just, like the fact it's, in the classic cartoons, I'm, I'm fairly certain they, they, they were near things like chainsaws. But, right. You know.
1: You, but overly excessive nature of right, chainsaws. Yeah. And so then they decided to make the uh, Keyblade as it was, you still need a weapon for gameplay so the keyblade was allowed to get past the disney sensor as it were and that's why uh sora has a, a keyblade in <laughs> the kingdom hearts <laughs> if you ever wondered why there's a keyblade
0: yeah and, and not all not all characters are designed with uh limitations and stuff like that in mind i mean uh for example some characters were designed pretty much off the bat to be what they became um for example crash from crash bandicoot started out as um originally a wallaby named or a wombat named willy the wombat and then became a bandicoot another uh australian animal and uh, from the start they wanted a character who they thought would be a good answer to sonic
1: um
0: you know an animal that that was not like a mouse or uh, or a cat or something. Some animal that was kind of bizarre, like a hedgehog. Uh, or, or some animal that was kind of similar to like to like taz from from uh warner brothers um so that looking at the earliest designs of um crash bandicoot he looks pretty much identical to how he looks now um the, the one thing being they originally had him with a tail and they had to cut out the tail due to graphical limitations of the playstation hardware um there just wasn't enough polygons that they could use for for crash to have a tail so they had to cut out the tail um and that's probably what turned him into the way he looks now
1: and he's orange because he needed to stick out from the level yes yeah exactly Um, which was
0: a thing with spyro yeah um spyro was purple because he's running across the ground which is green and they thought it would be kind of ugly to have a green dragon on top of a green grass. Right, right. especially
1: if you, you, once again, limited palette count, if you've got the same exact color green, like now you can do a green, if you do a video game now, you can have a green dragon run across green grass because you can have different shades of green. But... When you have a palette count of 50 colors, <laughs> there's only so much green that you can use. And if the green is exactly the same color as the green, it's just gonna blend, right? That's yeah, yeah. And that's where like the importance of a color palette and having so many different shades of the same color comes into play because our eyes, if it's the same color on top of the same color, our eyes have trouble differentiating that naturally. Like we just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: it's, yeah especially with those older games i mean right w- with the older games when the color palettes are so limited it's just so hard on your eyes <laughs> so yes. um if the if the, the colors are too close to each other
1: um so there was also um sometimes characters became what they are due to inspiration from around you know the designers are inspired as um People are art imitates life and life imitates art as it were. Uh, so Star Fox uh, a nineteen ninety two in in nineteen ninety two uh, Nintendo collab and create worked with Argonaut Software and created a space shooter for the SNES, uh, which was titled SNES Glider. And they essentially it had no story, so there was no real desire to play it beyond just flying around and shooting um so um Miyamoto uh shigeru? shigeru Miyamoto sorry Miyamoto um he sketched out a universe and wanted a hero to be portrayed in this universe and wanted something like Starwolf, Starsheep, Star Sparrow, Starhawk and w- spent time visiting um uh, fox shrines in Japan and was inspired by these sh- um, fox shrines to make the character Star Fox and the the his Star Fox's face was actually designed uh, 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 was designed around the fox because the, the the shrine the Inari which is the the Japanese shrine for the foxes uh has like a red turtleneck or a scarf around the neck and that's why yes. fox mccloud uh, wears uh wears the scar- the red scarf which i think is uh it's, it's just you know it's very uh it's an interesting origin for that and it's funny cuz they do still have star wolf in the game as well star wolf is the yeah. the villain in star fox we can also talk about how apparently the during the localization of Donkey Kong for the American audience, Nintendo of America's warehouse landlord was Mario Segal, and confronted oh, yes. the then president, uh, Minoru Ar- Ar- Arakawa, demanding back rent for the warehouse. And the heated argument in which the Nintendo employees eventually convinced Seagal that he would eventually get paid uh, is the reason why Mario is named mario because of an angry landlord
0: <laughs> i could see it i can i can see mario being an angry landlord yes uh yeah. you know, he, he's he's had plenty of jobs you know um yeah and and you know sometimes designs um get completely left on the cutting room floor um so for example i mentioned earlier that um with sonic um he, he went through a number of designs there's a couple of uh there was a design for a rabbit character that never saw the light of day. Um, there was this, uh, original plan for Sonic. He was going to be in a band. Um, mm. and he was going to be, he was going to play the guitar. Or no, he's going to be the lead singer in a band of other animal characters. And, uh, there's some concept art of that. And they've actually, so, uh, obviously they use Sonic, but then there's a crocodile character, an alligator character, um, Oh, no, he's a crocodile that they later went on to use for, like, the later 3D games. He became a guy named Vector. Um, And then there's uh, another character um, who they later reused, but there's a couple that they completely cut out. Um, Also in Pokemon, um, as some people who are fans of Pokemon know that um, a demo was recently leaked um, from the development of Pokemon Gold and Silver uh, for the Game Boy Um, and it revealed like tons of designs for Pokemon that were just cut completely from the game. Some of them look pretty close to what the game, uh, what the, uh, Pokemon ended up becoming and others looked like they were just placeholders. I mean, they were pretty simple graphics, but, uh, kind of a neat little, um, kind of way to see how the development of a game, um, of that, of that grandeur, um, is, is created.
1: Yeah and you you have some stuff about how Pikachu is a combination of two Japanese sounds, Pika, the sound of an electric spark and Chu, yeah. the sound that a mouse makes. And but it's still the the name for Pikachu was very difficult because you need to appeal to the two audiences for Pokemon, the Japanese and the American.
0: They wanted something that um they wanted something that was you know good for both american audiences and good for both japanese audiences because they wanted to sell to those audiences and they didn't want to alienate anyone
1: yeah the biggest two demographics for the the game as it were especially at that time
0: yeah and another thing about pikachu that's interesting is he was designed initially to be essentially a gender neutral character because they didn't want pokemon to be seen as either a boy or girl game which a lot of games um even and to this day a lot of games are are kind of treated like this but um a lot of games back in that time period were kind of being sorted as either oh this game's for girls oh this game's for boys um and if you look at if you look at games like sonic i mean he primarily has a kind of masculine attitude about him uh, that might more appeal to young boys um but with pikachu they wanted him to be kind of a gender neutral um character so that he could appeal to both both boys and girls and there would be no issue with that
1: be- because um, if you appeal only to a boy or a girl in regards to marketing such a like having that appeal will allow you to not leave an audience on the table
0: yeah and and that's the last thing that especially a game company which wants which is focused on sales <laughs> we want to do is alienate right. an audience
1: <laughs> right and there's and there's been and that crops up everywhere in almost every industry where a company does something just that would be kind of not necessarily would be out of their norm be to be able to appease to an audience that is not in their norm in order to capture sales because the almighty dollar drives everything
0: yes 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 in this world um another fun little detail about pikachu is despite his name coming from a sound that a mouse makes and besides the fact that he is called the electric mouse and he is a mouse type um, he was actually designed on a squirrel. Uh, <laughs> his uh, his cheeks, especially, and his tail um, comes from. a he squirrel does,
1: design. yeah. He does look very squirrelish. That's, yeah,
0: yeah. Very... Um, so that's a fun little detail about him. He was uh he's he's a mouse. Looks like a mouse. Sounds like a mouse. It's, but he's based on a squirrel. Based
1: on <laughs> squirrel. Yeah, and that's. I'm just trying to. If there if there's somebody that we that you wanted us to do a deep dive on like if there's a uh, yeah. if there's a iconic video game character that you are like oh I, I think i want to know more about these um let us know send us an email yeah. or something uh if you if you like this type of topic if you like us going into more history of brands as it were versus more of like the games themselves uh this was kind of a deviation from our uh, our normal type of uh, podcast but uh i i liked it i liked being able to do the research on uh the different uh iconic brands and i think it's uh, i think it's a, a little change of pace as it were so let us know if you like it
0: yeah it, it really throws the uh kind of pulls the uh, curtain back on on so many iconic iconic figures um also if if you're interested in maybe a lore perspective of any of these characters um, a lot of these characters um you know they they had lore developed for for the games but even some games like sonic and mario and 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 uh in uh, Star Fox and stuff, which don't have a very in-depth storyline from the game, like from the game perspective, <laughs> uh, their, their characters have a long lore history that was developed for that character.
1: It's funny. There's uh, actually one one example that is going back to Metroid. Um, Samus, Samus. I can still see. I can't do it. Samus, Samus, Samus. Um, for the original game, had a had a backstory, and that backstory was that when she was three her home planet was attacked by space pirates, led by the series, a- uh, the antagonist Ridley, which is funny because Ridley is also the same name as uh, was in um, Alien. Ridley really is the same name as the Alien, yep. Um, the attack killed a great many people including her parents uh, Samuses, and she was among the only survivors so then she was taken in by the Chozo's who are a super intelligent bird like alien species. And she was brought up by these weird bird people <laughs> and given her iconic armor, which she wears, which is something that the bird people use into combat. Very interesting. S- so Samus was essentially kryptoned off of her planet by space pirates and was raised by birds.
0: Which. Which is great because none of this appears in the game, right? The you know the game sets you right into the action from from the first start pressing right. the start button. You are on I think it's the planet Zebus. You are you are down in the the caves and you are killing Metroids and other and other creatures. So it, it's just I I love that some of these games, especially from this time period, have like this rich thick lore to them that yeah. no one will ever know yeah. <laughs> sometimes it just goes right by so it, it, if, if you if you are interested in lore of of ca- these some of these characters let us know and we'll, yeah. we'll gladly do the research we'll do the research somebody. on the,
1: the lore of them so some of them it, you would have to read the manual of the games and that's where a lot of this lore lived like i remember warcraft and uh i can't specifically remember a specific story but there were st- like things about Medivh, who is in Warcraft, oh, yeah. who's a warlock, and there's store, and there's just things about like how these like kings and Medivh and how they rose and how they felt, all just in the manual. And you get in, you're you're just you're just building units and fighting units. Yeah,
0: the manual is this like is this like decently sized little book that yeah. uh, that has like a full breakdown of, of the story of every unit, like, but also like a unit, story. Like, like like there's yeah yeah it's fascinating.
1: Which which I think a, the games because they were so limited, some a lot of those games were very limited in regards to the content that they can put into the actual game had to rely on manuals to tell the story that they wanted to. Complete it. So if you read the manual, then you can kind of better understand the game um, from a story perspective and from a gameplay perspective. And the people making the game could cut back on that story and save space, and cut back on the tutorials to save space. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of stuff
0: like that. And you'll and you'll also encounter in um, uh, games like Mario. I think there was like not to. trail too far off but i think there's a like a a note in one of the manuals or at least in like a draft of the manual that the bricks that mario smashes are supposed to be the uh the people of the mushroom kingdom (laughs) that have been turned into bricks (laughs) like like that stuff that like when you when you go back and play the game you're like oh this is kind of messed up that mario's just (laughs) willy-nilly smashing all these bricks bricks. but (laughs) yeah just murdering countless people but, uh, yeah, that's just the stuff. Uh, we'll we maybe do a, a manual dive into the the forgotten details that were in yes. the manuals back in the time.
1: So um, so we're going to go into our uh, Byway Pass segment. And uh, so, uh, Zach, I do you want to let me know let our audience know what you are looking forward to
0: yeah so the one game that i'm looking forward to um is actually a sequel to a classic game um kind of a classic game well yeah no a classic game and that is wind jammers 2 so it's a sequel Ooh. to the game wind jammers which was uh released by data east on the neo geo back in 1994 and it was ported over to modern systems um as of like just a few years ago <laughs> like i think it came over on the ps4 like in october of 2018 or no it came out on the ps4 in august 2017 but um yeah so there's a sequel in development um it is being done by dot emu which they're a developer who kind of works on on bringing back um some of these old neo geo games such as metal slug um and our type i think was uh well, a different a bunch of different uh classic games um they, they've done all the ports of the classic final fantasy games and such but uh in any case um windjammers is for those who don't know it's a top-down perspective sports game of sorts it's kind of like a combination of like uh tennis or like uh pong or like air hockey maybe so you play as these different people from different countries and you're throwing frisbees um and the point of the game is to get into a goal on your on your Mm. opponent's side of their of their playing field but in in wind jammers being uh being a video game they can do what to do whatever it wants um there's different like abilities to each character so each character has like a power move where they can throw the disc in like a, a weird like arc or something like that and then if you catch the power move at the right time on the opposite side you can send it back with double the force and um the game uh plays to 30 points but it's a very 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 quick game uh, because the you either get five or three points based on your scores um but it is a it is a fast game it is a fun game I highly recommend it um and you can pick you can pick up the first one on on bs4 or the switch or um i believe you can pick it up on a couple other different uh, places but the sequel is coming out in 2020 and i'm it's definitely going to be a buy from me um it's the the first one was is one of my favorite games i played hours of it with one of my friends um so i'm looking forward to picking up the the sequel
1: so um i'm looking for a looking at a different game for what i'm looking up at for coming out and it's a game that's called uh not for broadcast and you essentially take over the um national nightly news um as a you're you're controlling this national nightly news as this radical government comes into power and you it's a propaganda sim. And you're supposed to control what people see and he- hear. And if you want to bleep out, like, swear words and stuff like that, um, it's your job. You have to choose the angles and put the ads in. And um, Oh, that's very cool. And it, it takes place in ni- the 1980s. And um, it's all FMV... M- Tell like so. You're. It's essentially like a three D, uh, like a three D, uh, p- panel for like a control panel with television screens that are all FMV and have real people acting out different things. And the game's oh, been in cool. development for about two years. And FMV is just full motion video, so it's actual like television stuff. And the game, yeah, it's been in development for about two years. And they're actually, uh, come, they'll be. They have a free uh, prologue that you can try it out, so see if it's up your alley, which I'm actually going to do. And then it's going to come into early access on January 30th, and oh, they'll cool. be releasing a couple of uh, uh, a couple of the uh, chapters, three chapters, and then they're going to work on developing uh, six other or six other chapters or nine other or the, it's a total of 10 chapters, 3 plus 7, 7 other chapters. Um, so I'm actually going to try out the uh, the prologue uh, soon, and then I'll talk about it on the podcast when we talk about Recently Played. And so I'm, I'm going to put on a wait, though, for purchasing it. I'm definitely going to try out the free stuff but uh i will i'll wait on it to purchase it see how much i like it and then i'll i'll let everybody know
0: yeah it gives me a uh, kind of vibes of night trap for the oh, night CD, Trap. yep which um is kind of a similar you're not like broadcasting anything but you're watching like security camera footage and you're cutting between them so that it oh, kind of gives me that little vibes um, yeah. also having formerly worked and a at a um, small television station. Uh, I'm definitely interested in this. It, it, the board looks kind of like the one I was working <laughs> with. Just that <laughs> sure. Perfect. So if you have so, uh, uh, a
1: yeah. connection to the video world then maybe uh, not for broadcast will be fun for you. Uh, so with that uh, there's a couple of ways to uh, contact, support us, and listen to us. Uh, you can contact us through our email classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com you, you can also go to our website and fill out a form. It'll go to it uh, go right into our email box our website is ClassicGamingBrothers.com we try to keep things simple uh, you can support us by following, listening, liking our bells ringing all the bells, liking the bells liking everything, we're on Facebook, Instagram uh, Twitter We um, our Facebook and Instagram are Classic Gaming Brothers and our Twitter is CGBrothersPod all one word and we're also on YouTube, you can subscribe there, we're right now uploading audio the, just the audio podcast to YouTube, but we'll also be um, doing some additional content down the road. And then uh, you can, we're also going to have a merch shop eventually because people wanted a merch shop. So we're going to make a merch shop. Um, so there'll be a merch shop available soon. And finally, you can listen to us on any streaming service that you can think of. Let us know if we're not on it and we'll get onto it. So there you go.
0: And as always, don't play games like my brother
1: and don't play games like my brother i've been zach and i've been seth
0: and we have been the classic gaming brothers
1: that's 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 right i guess I'll that just is correct it. that that's, is correct i i yeah. actually I when you said to mess up no no when you said when you said i'm zach i really thought you were gonna say i'm seth but oh then i might do that someday so i, I realized right. that i'm seth and that's why I, <laughs> <laughs> so i was like no, wait why Why am I thinking of that? Anyway, just roll the music in. Roll (laughs) the music
0: in.